Welcome to the Leadership Lowdown. This is Vic Versero here on the Michigan Business Network. I'm delighted to have with us today Dr. Larry Carter. He's the president of Great Lakes Christian College. And of course, uh, Dr. Carter, we're glad to have you here. Thanks so much for your time, sir. It's great. I'm looking forward to this. Yeah, well, it is funny because, too, uh, we had an awful long time trying to put this all together, didn't we? We Between uh, your schedule, our schedule, and then, of course, we had a little COVID issue in there. So uh, we're glad it all worked out. Yes, thank you. Yeah. Well, as we talk about, about this, um, you know, you just don't wake up one day and become president of an important college uh, and, an, and an institution like Great Lakes Christian College. And so um, I'm really excited to have an opportunity to unpack some of your story and, and understand some of your background and how you kind of arrived and some of the leadership challenges you've had along the way. When I, when I, I guess we probably should try to figure this out from the beginning, Larry. So um, where, did you, where were you born and raised? I was uh, born and raised in Cincinnati, Ohio. Ah, now did you get the Buckeye stain off of you, or is that <laughs> is that is that just a lifelong thing? I am sorry to say that it is a lifelong thing. It is, I am, isn't it? I, I am still a Buckeye fan. <laughs> That's too funny. Well, some things you can run from, but you can't always hide, you know. So no. uh, I understand that. It, and as good as the Buckeyes are, you get you, you probably don't want to hide that one for sure. That's well, right. if we've lost all of our listeners right now because this is the Michigan <laughs> Business Network, I apologize. But yeah, I was a, that was a fatal uh, host error right there. <laughs> Well, and, and so when you grew up in Cincinnati, um, uh, what uh, what were some of the young uh, Larry Carter visions of what was what was going to be? I mean, where did you think um, this path that you've been given uh, would lead you? Did it did it start out with higher education that in your in your dreams? Uh, not really. Um, I was raised in a in a great strong Christian family. Uh, my father, John Carter, was an ordained minister, but also he was editor in chief of a company called Standard Publishing Company, which is uh, publishes Christian magazines and books. And uh, he was a very strong uh, person and a and leader and a great dad and father. One of the influences that I had early on with my dad was. For 17 years, he would travel out from uh, Cincinnati to a small town of Moscow, Ohio, which is on the banks of the Ohio River. Oh. The church there could only afford a, a, a part-time minister, and so my dad uh, drove out 40 miles out, 40 miles back every Sunday with a car full of five boys and a mom. <laughs> and uh, every every Sunday, and one thing that, that I do remember that really uh, struck me was I... I saw Dad one time when, when an elder of the church was giving Dad a, a check for his services, he, he would turn that check over and endorse it and give it back. And I asked oh. my mom about it, and she said, this is just your Dad's act of service. So wow. for 17 years, my Dad served as the example of uh, what you do uh, and how you live your life and in service, especially uh, to, to our Lord uh, Jesus Christ. And that was his example. And I, and again, the only reason I, I just happened to know that is I caught him doing that. He, <laughs> yeah. never, he never shared that with us, never told us that. 
but mom said yes your your dad's been doing that for 17 years well isn't isn't that cool i mean honestly um we all probably have witnessed in horror some of the people that have given and then of course uh, we expect the parade to start any minute now to uh to express our gratitude to them and boy you just love those purity of heart moments when people are giving uh and and hoping that nobody finds out just uh doing the right thing for the right causes so that that's pretty it's pretty special well and so in your world um you did you how old were you when you left cincinnati is your family roots still down there or or what what did that look like as a young teen well i graduated i went to cincinnati christian university uh that's where my father and my two older brothers also graduated from and so uh, i just naturally uh went went toward that direction, and uh, I knew I needed a college education. I wasn't intending to uh, go into ministry or or anything of that nature. I was thinking about, but I was really big into athletics and thinking about being a high school coach myself or being being a a principal or a leader of a a local school. Uh, But when I graduated from college, I found my wife there at the college. Uh, My uncle in Illinois uh, offered me a position with him in Springfield, Illinois. And uh, it was, uh, at the time, it was a really good salary. And so I thought, well, I'll do that while I'm still trying to figure out my life. (laughs) So we, we left Cincinnati at age 22, my wife and I, and moved to Springfield, Illinois. And it was there that a whole nother phase of my life began. And uh, so uh, that's another part of the story. I don't know if that you wanted me to follow up with that or not. Yeah, but I well, can, I can share. in this segment, we're, we're, we're squeezing down on time a little bit, but what, what were you doing? What were you asked to do over there in Springfield? Well, it was an organization called Specialized Christian Services that also was in the uh, publishing uh, field, but also had uh, uh, national youth events. And I was the director of uh, of the convention that they held that thousands of young people would come each year, and so I was well, involved. And you were that. and you were twenty two. I was twenty two. Oh my gosh! Well, <laughs> they must have saw the leadership in you right there from the very beginning. That's a young man's uh, thing to do, and, and pretty exciting. So, well, we're glad to have you here, Larry. Uh, we appreciate the time you're taking away from Great Lakes Christian College, and of course, your time personally to be with us today. Thanks for tuning in to the Michigan Business Network. This is Vic Versero here on the Leadership Lowdown. We'll be right. Back. Hi, this is Chris Holman with a very important reminder. It's time to thank your clients and business associates with a very special holiday gift. Give the sweetest, made-in-Michigan treat, original Murdoch's Fudge, fresh from Mackinac Island. So order now for special corporate savings. Delivery from island to offices begins November 20th. So order now. Visit OriginalMurdochsFudge.com. That's OriginalMurdochsFudge.com. You found the Leadership Lowdown here on the Michigan Business Network. This is Vic Versero with our guest today, Dr. Larry Carter, who is the president of Great Lakes Christian College. And so, Larry, uh, it's interesting, this young Buckeye ends up leaving uh, Cincinnati and heading down the road, and you've gone now to, is it Springfield, Illinois? Yes, sir. Yeah, and so tell me about that. Were there some moments there that kind of help uh, navigate uh, or at least uh, point you in a direction in your life? 
Yes, it, it's interesting when I when I think back on on my life, I never really put it together, but I was uh, I was the president of of my junior high school. I was president of each of my classes at in, in high school, and then I was president of my senior class in college. So I never really, <laughs> I never sought that. It just happened. And then yeah. when I'm 22, I'm the head of this. this. And uh, while I was there working with, with my uncle in Springfield, I, I, I was approached. We, Judy and I, my wife and I, uh, attended a, a small church out in the country in Auburn, Illinois. And the church... Uh, came to me and said, we would love to have you serve as a part-time youth minister if you would be willing to do that. And I, at the time, I just wasn't really interested in being in ministry at all. And uh, I said, well, I'll, uh, I, I, said, I really don't think so. And they said, well, will, will you at least pray about it? Well, I, of course, those are fatal words when you, <laughs> when you say that kind of thing. And so that's, that's what happened is I prayed about it, and I felt God wanted me to, to be involved in a part-time youth, youth ministry. Well, about Three months into that, maybe four months into that, um, when I started that, I was in a worship service, and I was hearing the the minister preach a sermon, and it was very lackluster, and I was very unimpressed, and I complained to God. I said, God, if this this is what passes for preaching in our churches, we're doomed. That's what I actually said to God in the service. Well, I, I didn't hear an audible voice, Vic, but God spoke to my heart, and said this, at least he's up there doing it. Mm. <laughs> and uh, within three weeks, I get, a, and at the time I'm 23, I just turned 23, I get a phone call from a church in northeast Indiana, outside of Fort Wayne, Indiana, and the, and the, the uh, elder says to me, um, we'd like you to consider being our senior minister. <laughs> and I said, uh, why, I don't understand what this is, this is about. I've never given any indication I want to be in ministry. And he said, well, you've come highly recommended. I said, I'm 23 years old. I don't have any experience preaching, and you want me to be your senior minister. <laughs> and he, he explained how a former president of Great Lakes Christian College had heard about me through working with my dad. And he said, anyway, what had happened was the guy said, I'm going to go into a period of prayer, the, the former president, period of prayer, and whatever name God gives me, I will give to you. And he said that God gave him my name and uh, Larry Carter, and so that's the high high recommend recommendation that I got. <laughs> I guess there's none higher. <laughs> oh my gosh! And so I, I went to this I went to this church outside of Fort Wayne, outside of Spencerville, Indiana. It was in the country, five miles from the nearest town. All right, and uh, I go there, and uh, it's always fun when you go to an interview that you, you for a job you don't want because oh. I'm very very <laughs> relaxed and answered all their questions. In fact, we spent most time laughing. And uh, at the end of the interview, they say, well, you're our guy. And I said, you've you got to be kidding me. I don't want, and my wife said the last thing, well, in fact, that when we were in college, my wife told me the reason she started dating me was that if anybody in, in the college, I'd be the last person to ever go into ministry. So that shows a little bit of my my personality. And uh, so here here I, I go, oh, my goodness, uh, God really has, has called my bluff, and uh, I really felt God leading, and that's how I got into ministry. It wow. just was the craziest deal. Well, and, there, and there's a takeaway there, too, though, Larry. I, th- I think as I hear you talking about that, you know, all of us have been in some form of a job interview over the years. And isn't it interesting because 
um, we go in maybe on something we really want. We're all freaked out. We're all, yeah. we got a, we're the ties too tight, uh, pants are too short, whatever right. it is. And we're all just freaked out. And of course, uh, in a job where you're not sure if it's for you or not, you're just going to do the interview for experience. All of a sudden, you, un- you unwind something that, oh my gosh, uh, I guess there's a plan here. So I right. think it tells us a little bit too about how we perform when when maybe we're more relaxed and we uh, have um, have less of that emotional baggage that kind of gets connected. So you 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 probably at this point in time, uh, your 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 wife Judy has just got her mouth open, going, "Are you kidding me?" Right. Uh, and so and so, did you have to talk her into making this move? No, because she's a real committed Christian, too. And yeah. I said, this is obvious, obviously of the Lord, and so we need to make this step. But but here here's the key thing that happened to me, Vic, was right down the road was an older preacher by the name of John Paul Hill. This guy was a transplant from Tennessee, a good old Tennessee boy mm. with a big drawl. And uh, I reached out to him because I'm telling you, at 23, I had no idea what you did as a minister. Sure. Nothing, zero. And this guy took me under his wing, and mentored me for the four years that I was there. And uh, I would not be in the ministry today if it had not been for him. Wow, Um, isn't it it something? I I was going through a real, I guess, a a negative phase in thinking about it, being a young guy full of ambition, and here I am in a country church. And uh, I was talking about how really my failures, that um, different things that I was doing just in my own immaturity. For example... I just started there, and I, I warned the elders that I really wasn't the spiritual giant that they needed to be a, a senior minister. Uh, I, I was there about two months when we had uh, uh, we were playing softball. We had two softball teams. That church was full of athletes, and uh, we were playing a, in a softball game between the two two teams from our church. All right. So uh, as I always play sports, I play it with great aggression, and uh, I hit I hit a ball out into left field, and I was stretching it into a double when I took out uh, a young teenage guy that was at second base. I took him out. That's what you do to make sure. it to the base. You of take course. He's blocking the base, so I take him out. Well, his father was in center field. He was a deacon in the church, and, and he came charging into me and oh, chest bumped no. me, oh. and so I decked him. Oh, <laughs> and so we got into a fist fight, and they had to break it up. So here I'm going. I'm the senior minister of this church, <laughs> and I just got a fist fight with a deacon, and uh, they broke it up. And uh, I had elders that saw the potential in me. Well, uh, <laughs> nor- normally you'd get fired for something like that. I'm sure. Well, this story is to be continued in our next okay. segment. So I got to tell you, I can't wait to see how all this ends. So <laughs> thanks again for your story and sharing that with us, Larry. And thanks for tuning in to the Michigan Business Network. This is the Leadership Lowdown. I'm Vic Virtual. We'll be right back. You can listen to the Michigan Business Network on SoundCloud, iTunes, on the smartphone app, and on its website at www.michiganbusinessnetwork.com.
This is Vic Versero here on the Leadership Lowdown. This is the Michigan Business Network, and we're delighted you've joined us. We're delighted to have with us Dr. Larry Carter, president of Great Lakes Christian College, and of course, uh, 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 all-around great uh, bar fighter, I guess. So, what? Tell me about what's all going on on the. We're in the middle of a of a of a Christian league baseball game, softball game, and now we got a fist fight breaking out. Um, there's got to be a takeaway in this in this, Larry. Somewhere we've learned something from that moment. Well, here's the deal. Um, I was so blessed to be a part of a church where we had elders that still saw the potential in me, yeah. and rather than react, and even under pressure, because the, the deacon that I had a fight with caused a great big stink, wanted me to be fired. Oh, boy. Th- these elders uh, came around me and prayed with me, forgave me, and worked with me because they saw the potential for the future, and it's interesting. I, I, I still go back. In fact, I just got a, a an email uh, yesterday from uh, an elder who is 92 years old now. <laughs> awesome. That is uh, sharing some funny anecdote from back in the day when I was their minister. So uh. it's it it was those caring leaders in that church that took me under their wing that didn't bow to political pressure because they, they saw the potential uh, uh, that I had for the future ministry. Right. And, and the other thing that happened was this, this minister, John Paul Hill, who was just down the road about 10 miles, uh, who really was patient with me and talked with me and encouraged me. One of the things he said, because I was, I was talking to him about some real oh frustrating times and maybe even some depression, because I was really anxious to really get on with life and make my mark and that yeah, kind yeah. of thing. And... Uh, uh, he, he said, remember you told me a story about a young lady named Ruth Ann Cannon? I said, yeah, and it was a, a young lady that I had counseled through and helped to prevent her from committing suicide oh. and came out on the end, other end of that. And he said, Larry, if, if the only reason you were brought to this church was to help that young lady, to help her uh, work through this whole suicidal tendency and, and really become a Christian on the other side of it, would your ministry here have been worthwhile? And I said, absolutely. He says, then all the rest is gravy, isn't it? Wow. Wow. (laughs) That was so helpful to me. Oh, just perspective and everything else. You know, and boy, isn't that that important? I I just want to dwell on this for a second because I think about – you know, um, look, when you're when you're a young person trying to find your way, there's a lot of things uh, that you do, and you're just uh, whether it's testosterone or whether it's uh, just poor lack of judgment because you don't have the wisdom and experience of an, of a, somebody else that's been down that path. I just it's so exciting to me when when we see people. Um, offering up that bit of grace that that gives you some room to grow, um, and that says, you know what, um, I've been there too. And I, I remember I had a uh, I was I was uh, managing some uh, salespeople years ago, and I had a young man that ended up uh, at a bar and he tore one of the doors off and got in a fight with um, um, with the bouncer of the bar. Uh-huh. I mean, you want to talk about bad uh, in a small town community? You want to talk about? Uh, bad for your business. Um, right. Let those kind of things go. But we we hung with him, and today he's a he's a married uh, married uh, man uh, with a beautiful wife, three wonderful children, and a in a fantastic career. And so, 
um, man, it's just hanging on through those tough times and try to try to make it through. And isn't it important to have some of those kind of mentors in your life? It sounds like uh, this Pastor Hill was one of them, but I wonder about uh, those elders and everybody else. Have you have you have you ever taken the time to send a letter back to thank them for for uh, some of the work they've done in, in the young Carter life? Oh, absolutely. And I've been back many times as a speaker, uh-huh. and I've shared the story from the pulpit about <laughs> about how how they were there for me and. Yeah. Uh, really blessed me. And it was also during that time, there was a, a another minister in Fort Wayne by the name of Jerry Paul, who took me under his wing, not as much as this other Mr. Hill did, yeah. but Jerry Paul did. And, and that's the, the tie to Jerry is, many years later, uh, he was president of Great Lakes Christian College. <laughs> and, and it was through him that I then became the president of the Great Lakes Christian College. Wow. So, so it's those seeds that are planted a long time ago, and I've always been a firm believer in building la- lifelong relationships. Mm, yeah. you, you don't just meet somebody and then drop them, but you continue to have a relationship through letters, emails, phone calls, uh, and that relationships are so important uh, if you're going to be a, a person of influence at all. Well, and I think that that really says a lot right there. And, and influence is is um, is really the key, I think, on all of these leadership moments. But what I hear you saying ultimately is some of the power of what happens when you stay in contact and develop that relationship. Because, look, it, it, th- these relationships I've witnessed in business over the years is is uh, razor thin when it's just for business profit but when it's right. for lifelong relational purposes the business profit just seems to come doesn't it it, it blossoms Absolutely. later yes yeah well i think that's really really some some great insight in terms of building relationship uh improving your influence in business and and of course uh, uh of course being uh building the relationship with the right people so um we're glad you're here today larry to build some relationship with us we're glad to hear your story and uh and we're excited to hear more here in the um, opportunity we've had today on the leadership lowdown this is the michigan business network we'll be right back Most of us aren't looking around for accidents waiting to happen. That would be sort of odd. But when you have Accident Fund Workers' Compensation Insurance, that's exactly what they are doing. Accident Fund employees are the WorkSafe people. They take your safety very seriously because that's all they do. Workers' Compensation Insurance. That's why they're rated A-excellent by AMBEST. Go to AccidentFund.com slash WorkSafe and get the WorkSafe people. Accident Fund is a wholly owned subsidiary of Accident Fund Holdings Incorporated, the 10th largest workers' compensation insurer in the United States. Thanks for tuning in to the Leadership Lowdown. This is Vic Verschereau here on the Michigan Business Network. I'm so excited to be talking to Dr. Larry Carter. He is the president of Great Lakes Christian College. And, of course, uh, Larry, you, you've already regaled us with some pretty uh, fun and incredible stories. And I, I, as I think about, I've got this young um, young Larry Carter who is trying to find his way in the world and has been kind of put into some pretty cool leadership positions. And as we stated earlier, um, it, it was almost always President Carter in some way, whether it was <laughs> class president or college president 
prison or whatever. So kind of a, kind of fun uh, fun place place to be. But there had to be some influence uh, influential things that happened in your life. Maybe some books or or uh, people that you've encountered along the way. Is any anything stick out to you that that was like you know this was really powerful. Yes, uh, I when I, I left the the church there in Indiana, I served in a church in Ohio for seven years, and then had God calling me to a church in uh, Kentwood, Michigan, which oh, is yeah. a suburb of Grand Rapids, and I was there for fifteen years. Well, during that time, Jerry Paul, who I'd mentioned in, in the previous uh, segment, Jerry Paul was president here, and they had a a, a, a desire to have me come and teach here teach a class on preaching and so he called me up and 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 he said can you teach one class and so I taught one class and then he said can you teach three classes well <laughs> I was a full-time minister of a church there and I'm going well I'm getting stretched a little bit but I can do that and then finally he said can you come and teach full-time and uh, I I said well let me talk to my elders there because I still felt called to being uh, a pastor of a congregation and Again, the, the leadership of the church in Kentwood said, well, we have a great staff, and we want to share you. We have a more of a kingdom vision. We don't want to be selfish about this. So I taught a full load uh, of classes here, all, at, all about ministry, as well as serving the church there at Kentwood. Well, after about two years of that, I came into President Paul's office here, and I said, you know what, thank you for the opportunity, uh, but I'm going to resign my position here and go back to be the pastor of Kentwood. And he said, well, I haven't announced this yet, but, but I'm going to be retiring, and I think you should be the next president. <laughs> so that's how that happened, all right? And then, and then things just proceeded from there. So it, my whole life has not been planned. It's just been following open doors as God has opened them. <laughs> but, but one thing that really has, has been a, a part of my whole leadership philosophy is uh, a quote from Max Dupree, who wrote on leadership, and, and he says, that the first responsibility of a leader is to define reality. The last is to say thank you. In between the two, he must be a servant and a debtor. Wow. Uh, that, that has been my philosophic framework on leadership ever since, and that's been a long, long time now. So your job as a, as a leader, as a president, is you have to have the courage to define reality. Wow. Uh, you, you, you must... Uh, set the stage, the picture, have people understand what reality is, what you're trying to do, what your vision is, what your mission is, and stay true to that. The, the last is to say thank you for the opportunity to serve, uh, to, to be that servant, and that's what it, it, those two in-between things were, where you must be a servant and a debtor, a, a servant to the people that you're leading. But also, and this is the key thing to me, you owe a debt to the future. Uh, you have a debt to leave a legacy. Uh, and so that has been those parts define reality, to be, have a thankful heart, to be a servant, and then a, I owe a debt to the future. And so if wow. you look to define, define my leadership, that is, that is what it is in a nutshell. That is incredible. I, I was scribbling away here trying to keep up with you, and so I want to spend some time trying to unpack this a little bit. So, so if you don't mind, um, uh, I, w- I, w- I want to walk through some of these phases because there's people that are sitting there going, what did he just say? That was brilliant. And I, w- I, I just really excited. So, Larry, when you say define reality, can, can we talk about that? I think I know what that means, but I wonder, I wonder what that looks like in 
inside of organizations that don't define reality. So tell me, tell me uh, in your words, uh, when you're defining reality, what does that mean? What have, what have you got to do to get it done? Well, I think, first of all, uh, you have to be true to your vision and mission. I think where a lot of organizations get in trouble is, for, a, for lack of a better term, a mission drift, or your vision gets cloudy, other things become uh, important. One of the things that here at the college is that uh, our whole, our whole uh, vision is that we seek to glorify God. So that's number one. So everything we do, we want to make sure it glorifies God. It doesn't detract from God, but we seek to glorify God by preparing students to be servant leaders in the church and world. Everything we do centers on that, and that hasn't changed in the 21 years I've been president. Mm. Wow. And so the second thing is you have to define reality, meaning in evaluating the people that work within the organization. Uh, you have to be honest with them, uh, direct in a loving way, uh, encouraging when you when you can, but also exhorting in another way, mm-hmm. and so that that takes courage sometimes to do that. Yeah. Uh, well, and, and I and I really think as you as you think about this, there's so many organizations that if they don't have those crucial conversations, those those important moments to uh, define that reality, they end up uh, so far adrift. And and really, that is the the got to be a main drain on performance and success. So, man, I, there's so much more to talk about here. We might have to pack this into five or six more shows, Larry. Um, <laughs> but we're going to take a break, pay some bills, and get right back here here on the leadership. Lowdown. This is the Michigan Business Network. I'm Vic Versero with Dr. Larry Carter. We'll be back in just a minute. Hi, this is Chris Holman, and as past chair of the National Small Business Association and a small business owner myself, I understand when you run a business, you rely heavily on your computer network. Now, you cannot afford lost data, lost customer information, and that's why you should trust your technology needs to ASK. Contact ASK at 877-ASK-4ASK for a free audit and analysis of your technology needs. That's 877-ASK-4ASK. Or find them on the internet at www.justask.net. ASK, taking the hassle out of technology so that you can run your business. This is Vic Versero here on the Leadership Lowdown. Today we've got with us Dr. Larry Carter, president of Great Lakes Christian College. And I'm so excited to have some of the stuff that we've talked about. Lots of fun and lots of interesting things and really some life-changing uh, ways to lead. Uh, I just love what's happened here recently, which was define reality and have a great, grateful, thankful spirit in the end. And so uh, there's all that stuff in the middle, and we're going to unpack all that. Any final thoughts on defining reality in terms of making being successful? on that point? Yes, uh, I would say, Vic, that being real as a leader is absolutely so important. My, my dad said a long time ago to me, he said, son, you can never trust somebody you can't read. Mm. And uh, <laughs> I, I think that is really true When in all my experience when I've dealt with people, is that people who are so layered, you can't really get to the heart of who they are. Uh, it's really difficult not only to trust them, but to allow them to lead you, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and so to me, I've really tried 
hard to be a simple person and that people can read my heart. And so I want to be real and transparent with people. Mm. And, and so that's part of that defining reality is making sure that people understand who I am as a person, let what me, drives me, what motivates me. Let me ask you a follow-up on that. and I, I, I don't want to run us out of time because there's so much here I want to get to, but, but in terms of people um, being transparent and some of the other things that you suggested about being real, are there some are there some political risk? Because you've had to answer to uh, boards, if you will, and other other elements. Does that create a vulnerability that that is a risky thing for a leader? Tell me, tell me your thoughts on that. Uh, yes, I think there definitely is a, a risk. Uh, but for me, um, I was I was living my life in response to a call that God has made, and so I always felt, and I had still feel that. This is really up to God. My job is to be real and transparent and true to what God has called me to. The rest is up to God. Mm-hmm. And what's been interesting, Vic, is that I've never been fired for a job, from a job. <sighs> I've never been fired. Yeah. And, and so um, somehow uh, God has been able to take that and bless that and, uh, and have me. Now, I, that doesn't mean I haven't had, had troubles even here at the college about I'd say five or six years ago, there was really a, a period of time where, e- even though I was really transparent and open, uh, that got me into trouble because uh, some of the things I was saying was misinterpreted and that was used as yeah. political capital by those that didn't appreciate my leadership. Right. But uh, again, um, my continuing to try to be real and, and transparent ultimately paid dividends as the trustees supported me and my leadership and the people that opposed me are no longer here. Well, not, not because I fired them, but because they left. Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> and people that play a lot of politics, they don't have a lot of fun when, when everybody's real and there's nothing to hide. Nobody's playing poker. You know, everybody's, right. everybody's got their cards on the table and, and uh, you're, you're doing it for a, for a common purpose. And I, I think there's, I think there's a really a powerful thing here in the business world uh, to talk about trying to do things without all the politics that go with it and just do things that are real and for the good of the organization right. is really a great takeaway for me uh, uh, in what you're sharing. There's the other thing I wanted to get to, which is your whole, um, uh, the first part was was defining reality and, the, and, the, and on the other end is, is being grateful. Tell me about the thankfulness on the other end of, of this equation. Well, it- the, the thankfulness comes from also your gratitude toward God who created you and who put you in this position, but also a gratitude toward others who allow you the opportunity to lead. Mm. Uh, t- to me, I think sometimes we forget that. It's, it's, we lead because people are willing to follow, right? right? And so I am grateful that those that I've worked with, and I, I have worked with people, for example, uh, Phil Beavers, one of our vice presidents, he's been with me for 21 years. Oh wow! And 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 I have a lot of people like that here at the college, and the only reason I have continued to be in leadership is because of their willingness to support that leadership. Yeah. And so I lead with a grateful heart to to the people that have uh, been a part of my life and in my role especially here as president. Well, I love it because it's an attitude of gratitude, but tell me about limited resources, 
Um, you know, I, I've always I've always uh, been told, and I believe it's true that that pay raises, you know, are probably one of the most fleeting things that you can do that shows your gratitude for somebody. Um, there's so many other things. So, in your um, leadership experience, what have you done along the way to share that gratitude? It, with limited budgets, you probably haven't been able to give the pay raises you want. So, what are some other ways you you express that to people? One of the things that I have always done, and but I've continued to do here, uh, when I either had a multiple staff at a church or working here at the college, is that probably every day. I'm in all of my VP's offices to talk to them mm. and share with them and talk about their families and what's going on in their world. Uh, with our our athletic director, R- Richard Westerlin, I'm down in his office probably three times a week. He's a busy guy, so yeah, he is. But but I come in down and talk to him. But what what I do is I, I get to know them as as people. One of the things Max Dupree said in his book that I just mentioned. Uh, was that he? It was a real revelation to him to realize that his lead millwright was a poet. <laughs> and, and what he said is, too many times as leaders, we look at people as means to an end, and not an end in themselves. And he said, when he went to visit one of his workers, this millwright who was one of his most important employees, he had been ill and. Uh, so he went to the house to visit him early on in, in the company's history, and on the coffee table was a book of poetry written by this millwright. <laughs> and he looked at it, he goes, you know what? This guy's a poet. And it was like a revelation to him, because too many times, like I said, we, we look at people One dimension. Uh, yeah. at what they produce yeah. uh, for your organization wow. rather than who they are as people. Good so stuff. one of the things I've really tried to do is to really get involved with people's lives. For example, I had the employee was in earlier today talking about a, fi- a family situation that was really, really tearing them up, and uh, and so we spent about an hour talking about these things. And well, so these I'm, are I'm available in that way. Yeah, and I think available and thankful, and uh, just some really cool, cool ways to demonstrate that. Uh, we really appreciate you sharing with us today, Larry, and I'm so glad you've tuned into the Michigan Business Network. This is the Leadership Lowdown. I'm Vic Versero. We'll be right back. Physicians Health Plan is local. For 35 years, we've been a part of your community, and we take pride in helping you get the coverage, care, and personal service you deserve. Go to phpmichigan.com for more information. We're the health plan that works for you. Thanks for tuning in to the Michigan Business Network. This is Vic Versero here on the Leadership Lowdown. And, of course, with us today is Dr. Larry Carter. He's the president of Great Lakes uh, Christian College, and he's uh, just filling our um, our sheet with all kinds of ideas and information about leadership. And it's been a pretty exciting ride today, Larry. I'm so glad you could join us. In in, in this last segment, we talked about Max Dupree, who was uh, – uh, I think he was the, was he the CEO of one of the furniture companies over in in uh, Grand Rapids area? 
Yes, over in Zealand. It's uh, Herman Miller. Herman he Miller, yeah. CEO, right. Yeah, well, great stuff there. And, of course, uh, he offered up some advice, which you talked about earlier, which is the first thing is divine reality. And, of course, uh, at the end, of course, is to be thankful and grateful, which you talked about. And in the middle, he talked about being a servant and a debtor. Um, and then uh, I love that one final thing is that we owe a debt to the future. So if you could tell me your thoughts on this servant debtor uh, stuff in between uh, those segments, because I got a feeling you've fulfilled that pretty pretty well in your life. Yes, it, it, the the model or the example is that uh, my my endeavor, my my hope, and my my dream is to. Uh, lead like Jesus. Uh, I, we, I think when you look at the Bible, one of the things that was very clear is that he was a servant, and he had a servant's heart. He did not lead from necessarily an author, authoritarian uh, position, but he, he led because he cared about people. Yeah. And uh, I think, to me, as, as a leader, uh, you've got to care about people if you're going to be the right kind of leader. Mm-hmm. And, and how you care for people is through serving them. Right? right, and so that's that's the foundation or the philosophy behind behind what I do. This college not only uh, serves our students, but we we serve our constituency, whether it be churches or individuals, and uh, that's that's our whole mindset and our purpose here is to be a servant to one another. Well, let me step let me step on that one just for a second because I think about management and leadership. I, I sometimes see young people that want to become managers. They want to climb their way up in the organization, and I start asking them why, and sometimes it 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 um, develops into a conversation about that's where the money's at. I I can make more money as a manager. Well, I'm like, wow, um, you know, the the heart for people and caring for people, I think, needs to be that driver, um, because anything less than that, this could be a rough management road for them. So I love what you just you just shared about that. Tell me about your thoughts on on what does that what does the debtor mean um, when you say that? Uh, where does that go? Well, let me just back up a second, Vic. When you talked about that very thing, my my oldest brother John just passed away in October, oh. and was at his funeral. Uh, lived a great life, but he was a very successful businessman. And at the funeral, there was not one mention of how much money he made or what the what the company uh, succeeded at doing. Every person who came to that funeral or who had the opportunity to speak at the funeral, it was all about the relationships that John had with mm, them, my wow. brother John. Wow. And it was about he was such a caring person who cared about individuals. And I think when, when you miss when you miss the idea of being a servant, when it's focused on say material gain, the ultimate end of that is emptiness. Mm. Uh, there is really no content to that. It, it's just that's not what people are going to remember. People, the the legacy you leave behind is in the relationships you build with people. That's whether it's your family or whether it's your friends or your your coworkers. It's the influence you have as a servant working with them. You know, that that's really interesting. I, I've, um, I, I left an organization here a few years ago 
Um, and uh, one of the things I did in my leadership position, and we had, um, is I sent out handwritten Christmas cards, handwritten birthday cards, and it meant that uh, that every year I was sending out up anywhere from twelve to fifteen hundred handwritten notes. I had to spend evenings uh, writing those things out after hours to do that, and it and it it was um, it was something I wasn't sure if it was it was resonating. But just the other day, now three years after I left the organization, I got a picture uh, and a text, and in the picture it was a picture of all the handwritten notes that I had given to this particular agent um, in the years. And so I thought, wow, isn't that, well, look at that. And so sometimes I think go with your heart because there's there's things that are happening there that mean something to people and it, and it really is powerful along the way. Um, Larry, as I think about this, uh, there's got to be a lot of people that are going, well, I've not heard a lot about Great Lakes Christian College. I got about a minute left here in this in this uh, show. Uh, can you tell us about uh, your organization, how people would want to get involved, and and um, what what uh, your organization can do for them? Yes, uh, Great Lakes Christian College was founded in 1949, and really the purpose was to, like I said earlier, our mission was to prepare uh, students to be servants in, in the church and world, uh, uh, servant leaders in the church and world. And that's, that's who we are as an organization. One of the things we love is that when, when parents trust their, their students to our care and keeping here, uh, we take that very seriously because we're not just interested in providing students with an education. We, we want them to build a foundation for life, which includes character building and also wrestling with issues of faith. Mm. And so that's who we are as an organization. Wow, that's incredible. Well, you've done it in so so uh, many fantastic ways and so many uh, uh, wonderful things have happened. There's been a lot of great people that I've met over the years affiliated with your organization, and it's because of the great leaders like you that I'm sure has attracted them and placed them in position to be influential in so many powerful ways. Larry, um, thank you. Thank you for sharing this. I, I'm really excited about uh, what we've got down here today. Uh, appreciate your time. Thank you very much for having me. Thanks for tuning in to the Michigan Business Network, and thanks for listening to the Leadership Lowdown. I'm Vic Versher. I look forward to chatting with you next time.